What is up guys? Happy 4th of July. It has been a hot minute since I've published an episode. So thank you for being patient with me. Hopefully it's built some anticipation for part two of my conversation with Cam Dobbs. If you love the first part of her story, you are going to love the second part. Quick disclaimer, if you haven't listened to part one of this conversation, I encourage you go back and listen to the previous episode first. Believe me, it's going to make way, way more sense. If you're like, heck no, MC, I only want part two. I got you. Basically, Cam is a retired D1 collegiate volleyball player. She came from a family of collegiate athletes and had the privilege of playing at her dream school, University of Miami. Cam suffered multiple concussions, which eventually ended her volleyball career and left her in one of the most difficult seasons that she has ever faced. In the middle of this season is where she learned the power of playing where your feet are. In this episode, we're going to tackle what that looks like to transition out of your sport and how you can apply the concept of playing where your feet are. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Athlete Angle. I'm your host, MC Bell. Do you feel like you're walking aimlessly through life after sports? Do you feel lost without your sport and unsure of how to find confidence in your purpose? It's like the second you hung up your cleats or walked off that field, you've been drifting ever since. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone, my friend. You are one of thousands of student and professional athletes that struggle with transitioning into life after sports. Join me this week as we work to unravel the confusing journey of life post sports, gain clarity in your purpose, and find confidence in your identity so you can flourish in life after sports. Let's dive in. What would you say are some ways that, say like it's a former athlete, they're just trying to figure out kind of what their next steps are, whether they've retired medically, they've chosen, or they've just kind of come to the end of their rope and they're burnt out. They don't want to play anymore. Uh, They're trying to start over. They're trying to find next steps. How do you find where your feet are? I think you simply find where your feet are by looking down at your feet. (laughs) And, you know, there's, there's the physical, tangible aspect of that, of actually physically looking down at the position your feet are in, but also mentally, emotionally, whatever. I think it's just realizing some self-awareness, which no is not the easiest thing, but just having some self-awareness, like do a little check of yourself, check yourself before you wreck yourself and just simply (laughs) be like, okay, where am I at? My career just ended because I graduated and I have this great job ahead of me. Okay. That's where I'm at. I'm excited for the future or man, we were supposed to get a bowl game this year and we ended up getting five wins instead of six. And we were supposed to win our last game. And now my career just ended when I thought we were going to be playing in January. Like, what is that? Okay. That's where you're at. Take like what, whatever is going through your mind. That's where your feet are. Whatever is going through your body. That's where your feet are. Like it, it doesn't, you're not going to force yourself or your feet to be anywhere else. Just simply take note of where your feet are. And then go from there. And, you know, for any athletes who are thinking physically of what they want to do or, you know, going from full-time athlete to full-time adult or whatever it might be, like you mentioned, it's funny, you said it and I kind of caught on to it a little bit, but you were like, okay, if they don't want to play anymore, kind of what, what should they do? And I think I'm actually going to say, I think they should play 
And it's not in the terms of, okay, keep playing your sport, but mm-hmm. go back to that childlike play. Yes. Find, find that joy again. I remember when I was finally able to start working out again, it wasn't that I hated working out. It wasn't because I love working out, but I had a, a hard time finding joy in workouts again because I would just degrade my body the entire time. Mm -hmm. Again, I struggled with that comparison. So I would get exhausted on a mile run and think you are pathetic. Like you used to be a college athlete and this is what you are now. This is embarrassing. And I would just do negative self-talk for the entire hour or 30 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever long that I worked out for. And so for me, I think my biggest advice to others, you know, however your career ended or whatever you're transitioning to or whatever, you know, situation you're in, in life is just going back to playing. And so I ended up finding super creative workouts. I ended up being sponsored by a boxing gym and I was doing boxing for my workouts. Like it's just so fun. Yeah. Like do things that set your soul on fire, get back to where you want to be if you want to, but if you don't want to go in and be an Olympic weightlifter, like you were in college, that's okay. Like you can find new ways to be healthy run marathons. If you've never run one before, don't run marathons. If that's all you did in college, like do whatever you need to do to still remain healthy, to still have, you know, your body moving, whatever, but do it with joy. Like you now have, if you're, if you're no longer an athlete, you now have the freedom to work out. However you want to work out, do Zumba classes, do Peloton workouts, do soul cycle, like whatever you want to do, try them all, test them all out and just go back to finding that joy. There is no reason why you need to just kill your mind every single workout with negative talk, with Mm -hmm. awful things. You don't have to go in and dread a workout. Like, yes, please push yourself. I am not saying don't push yourself. Please push yourself. That's why we play where our feet are. We don't stay where our feet are because we don't want to do that. Please push yourself, but have fun while doing it play where your feet are. That's why play is in there. It's a simple reminder to have fun all at the same time. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how you could get to such a high level and struggle with that negative self-talk? <laughs> and it's it's sometimes it's something that I usually think back on if I am thinking about all my career, one of those things is my mentality. And sometimes I get stuck in that mindset where I'm like, oh, if I only had this mindset that I do now, when I was playing sports, I wonder how much more effective I would be. But I think that's part of the journey is, you know, there's a reason that that wasn't the way you were, you know, in college. And now like having that time and space to learn more about yourself outside of your sport is so beneficial. There are so many doors that open. What kinds of doors have you seen open since you have retired and kind of been able to try different things. And I think I read that you were, you coached a little bit and, um, you're, I mean, you have your career. I'm sure you've, you sound like you're very extroverted and you like to try things. <laughs> <laughs> I am an extrovert through and through for sure. And I think so much of, you know, at the end of the day, I think my career worked out exactly how it needed to work out because I had gone through everything I went through. I became super passionate about a lot of things, whether it's advocating against, or advocating for athletes' mental health, highlighting where our identity is rooted, that it's not rooted in our performance on the court, in the classroom, or just in the things that we do. And so through all that, I then 
post-retirement did become a coach with Hurricanes Volleyball with the same teammates I just had as I was playing, I was now coaching with. And granted, there were a lot of really tough things in that season, but I was grateful to now try to be an advocate for the players and try to be a bridge to the coaches and try to encourage them in ways that I knew I needed to be encouraged because I was all of a sudden in a flip of a switch on the other side. And so I had a level of understanding that I could try my best to relate to them and relay their messages to our head coaches and talk and be, again, that bridge for them and be the advocate for them that they had very personally and very up up close. And then another way that I think this really benefited me and opened doors in new passions is that as a journalist, the stories that I tell look a lot different than the, the ones that I used to beforehand it was all about stats it was all about your first place trophies and how many free throws you made and how many field goals you could kick and now it's so much more about your personalities your passions and your perseverance because every single thing that I do even now working as the manager of sponsorship content and on-air host for the Miami Hurricanes I have shows that strictly just kind of highlight our athletes for being more than an athlete there, I have one show that I run called Hurricane Highlights, and it's going to give you all the sporting recaps, all, all the sporting recaps you need. I got you in Hurricane Highlights, but in Cam on Cam, in Game Day Guide, and in Miami Minute, I only talk about how the athletes are more than athletes. I highlight their holiday parties that they throw together. I highlight the pen pal letters that they write. I talk about how they're involved in student organizations and they do all of this while being an athlete. Like it's so much more than that because I know as an athlete, now looking at the Miami Hurricanes social media, seeing, hey, they're celebrating us, not just for what we do on the court, but what we do off of it oh my gosh, I'm more than an athlete. My identity is not just rooted in my sport. I'm not just being celebrated for getting X amount of kills or throwing down this many points on the basketball court. I'm getting celebrated because I'm writing a pen pal letter to an elementary kid. And that's my hope for everything that I do, that I can make them shine in these areas so that they know their identity is in so much more than just their sport. And I think that my story, though it had pain, it became so purposeful. And if I'm able to just impact one athlete, knowing that there's so much more to their sport, that they have purpose outside of it, and that they are just a wonderful human being, not because of what they do or the jersey they wear, like, that's where my job is complete. That's where my purpose is found. And I do that, whether it's working for Miami Hurricanes, whether it's through my book, through my own podcast, through the merch I do, through speaking to athletes across the country, whatever I can do to get that message to them, that's my purpose. And I say it all the time too, like, like there's a reason why we kind of try to touch play where your feet are in every aspect through a book when you're reading, through a podcast when you're listening, through merch that you can wear, through speaking engagements where you can see it up close and personal face to face is because play where your feet are goes into every aspect of your life. So we want to make sure that play where your feet are is in every aspect of your life, that you're sucking it in and consuming it in every way, shape or form because it belongs in that way. Wow. I never get emotional on podcasts and (laughs) I literally feel like you were telling me my own mission statement back to me. I swear, like, even if it's like, this is a side tangent, but seriously, like that's, I'm so glad I found your profile because your, I could tell what your mission statement was and I could tell what you were doing and, and why it was important to you. And, and no, I didn't know all the details of your story, but I was like, whoa, this is like, 
we're in the same, we're kind of in the same vein. Like, and I also, I also am a producer journalist as well. So like even like career wise, yes. But more than that, this podcast and being able to do something that helps like one more person, like if this thing never takes off, this podcast never takes off and doesn't help as many people as I want it to help. The fact that one person listened to this and benefited from what we talk about in this, what, like 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. That's the point. Like, it's not about how many views, how many numbers, you know, like you were saying statistics and, you know, what you are, what you can give to people and what your performance is and what you offer. It's, it's who you are. And, and, and that's the most important part. That's, that's why you have the friends you have. That's why the impact that you have, that's what people think. They don't think about the stats that you have. They think about the person that you are. So especially with for athletes, you have, yes, you have so many skills and you have so much talent, but empowering athletes is, and, and I think especially women too, mm-hmm. to use that experience and bring it into a new industry, into a new part of life. I almost feel like that is more of a purpose of being an athlete or having such a unique and eclectic experience for however many years you played a sport than it is that, you know, the impact that you made while you were playing it, you know? No, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And just, it's like, once you've gone through it, whether it was good, bad, or ugly, like you've gone through it. And so you understand it and you understand the ins and outs. And I I mean, even just as you were thinking, like, I think back to my memories as a Hurricanes volleyball player and do I remember errors that I made and points that we lost and games that yes I do remember that people are be like oh you're gonna forget that no Uh, you don't you don't (laughs) you don't you remember the times you got yelled at you remember the errors you made you remember the game losing points that you sacrificed that you caused for the team like you remember all that stuff but at the end of the day your best friends, your teammates, whatever that you still talk to to this day are not because they were the best on the team. Maybe they were the best on the team, but it's because of the memories you had on and off the court that related to nothing but volleyball or nothing but your sport, you know? And so I think even just having that aspect in your mind, even if you were the Olympic diver and you won an NCAA championship, whatever it might've been, like you still probably look back on your sport and it's not necessarily because of the glitz, the glam and the glory that you received why you love it so much. And so if I can just kind of get out on the jump of it and remind athletes like, Hey, like this is all incredible. And the it's sports are the best thing ever. Like I'm working in sports to this day because they are the best thing ever, So, but fun. they're the best thing ever for many different reasons. Yes. When your trophies, yes. When your conference, but also take advantage of the time you get to spend with each other. Take advantage of the platform you've been given. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, don't get me started on NIL now. Like not only can you start a professional career, but also please use it wisely. Like put purpose to the things that you post. Use your platform mm-hmm. with full purpose. Like shed light on things you're you want to advocate about. Use that. Like again, I said it earlier, take advantage. Don't just take up space. Like you are so purposed in the position that you're in, whether you're sitting on the bench, whether you're the captain on the team, whether you're the CEO, the youngest intern on the mountaintop or in the valley, like you have so much purpose. And so just use your sport for that. Like use your sport to reach someone else because someone else will be reached if you do it. Oh, so good. I mean, <laughs> I'm playing this in the morning for a little like 
oh. motivational pep talk. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, okay. So I, uh, I want to transition real quickly before we run out of time. I did, uh, if I remember correctly, you did talk a little bit about learning how to work out again. Once you retired from your sport, were you talking more in terms of coming out of, uh, the concussion or were you talking more in terms of just learning how to like find motivation to want to work out? And like you were saying, kind of like finding that joy in what you were doing again and, and kind of. I guess like being in that discovery phase of finding uh, like purpose and why you wanted to work out. Yeah, I think I think both, because once I was finally cleared to work out again, I love working out. So I was so ready to go. But as I said, I had faced so much just comparison to myself and negative self-talk that I I had to kind of separate myself, I feel like, from some of the workouts that I was used to doing because I was just comparing, comparing myself so much, you know, if I was going to be doing dumbbell bench press, I was not going to be lifting the same amount that I was just lifting six months ago. And so I, whether good, bad, or ugly, I had to remove myself from doing that workout for a little bit of time because my mind just couldn't get over that hump. And so I started doing jump rope workouts. I started doing random videos I found on YouTube or Instagram live videos that fitness instructors were doing. Fabletics Fit is a great app. It's by Fabletics. They have an app called Fit. If you have the membership, it's free. Like it's incredible. They have every single type of workout known to man all online. They guide you through the workouts. I started doing those. I started doing boxing. Like I said, like I just got creative with things that I could learn. I love learning. I love trying new things. I love just being able to do things that would bring me joy again. I got in fitness classes because being on a team sport my entire life, I love the team aspect too. So as much as I had fun doing some solo things, I loved going into a class and being like, what's your name? Okay, Samantha, I'm going to shout you out all like this whole entire hour. So you'd be ready for it. And so I would just make friends in my gym classes and be like, come on, girl, like you got it, you got it. And just cheer her on. She'd cheer me on back. And it was so fun. So, you know, I think sometimes if you have to remove yourself from that arena, whether it's physically like removing yourself from that gym or from the gym you were working out in before or removing yourself from the workouts you were doing, trying new things. Like, again, I think it's okay to (laughs) separate yourself from that space to be able to find new joy again. Then you can go back if you want to go back, but by no means do you have to go back either. You know, I, I have maybe done like 20 trap bar deadlifts since I retired and that's okay. <laughs> like there is, I am fully satisfied with not picking up a trap bar and like putting that into my workout. I've done some workouts with other people. It was in their workout. So I sure I did it with them, but like, I'm, I'm not trying to deadlift 300 pounds right now. And that's okay. Like goals change and it's doing your best and being your best wherever your feet are and with whatever goals you have in mind. And I think it, it puts an emphasis on one, like you were saying, the community aspect. Oh my gosh, game changer. Absolute game yeah, changer. For sure. I just started doing group classes a few months ago and I'm like, this is the best thing. <laughs> I I should have done this earlier. Like this is awesome. Uh, but it's it's so nice to like when it when you're in the middle of that workout, you don't feel like you have to, you know, throw yourself into the ground anymore. You don't yeah. have to lift as heavy as possible. I don't have to do insane amount of squats or lifting like 
three times my body weight anymore. I can just right. be okay with yeah. lifting however much I want to lift that day and what my body wants that day. And I think there's also a sense of you kind of come back to yourself a little bit. Um, I've noticed athletes when they retire, they tend to uh, have this period where they don't really, they're not really in touch with their, yeah, with their body, you know, because <laughs> it's been controlled by somebody outside of, you know, themselves for so long, giving them workouts, telling them what to eat, when to work out, how to work out, tailoring them for like a very specific time to peak at a specific level. And that's all amazing. Um, but there's a lack of, uh, like autonomy in your workouts, you know? And so regaining that autonomy in your workouts, I think is a good jumping off point, um, for learning how to, want to work out or change your reason as to why you want to work out again too. Yeah. Cause then it becomes fun. You're like, yeah, right. I'm good at this for <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, I might still have some muscles from, you know, playing my sport, but I get to go do whatever I want and I can lift as much as I want or not lift at all. I could go run as much as I want. If I don't yeah. want to run that day, that's fine too. Like there's no, there's, there's no repercussion. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, no, it's so true. I remember one day my sister and I just did like an hour of just dance. And we were, mind you, we were like dripping sweat doing just dance for an hour, but it's just things (laughs) like that. Like, like you can find new ways and fun ways to work out if you want to stay fit. Like, and again, it's, it's, and I love how you said too, like, it's whatever your body kind of feels like that day. And like, (laughs) there will be days where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to pick up 10 pounds and I'm going to push myself with these 10 pounds. I'm going to work so hard with these 10 pounds, but I don't feel like doing 20 or I don't feel like doing 30 today. And, you know, again, it's, it's your best and giving yourself the grace that your best one day might look different from your best another, but you know, I'm going to pick up these 10 pounders and I'm going to have perfect form. And maybe that's what I'm going for is just perfect form that day. I'm not trying to kill my body to lift a hundred pound dumbbell off the ground. Like I'm just going to kill this perfect form. These 10 pound dumbbells do my best where I'm at. And I'm going to feel really satisfied when I'm done. I'm going to feel really good about myself knowing that I push myself in some way, shape or form. It might be in a different capacity that you're used to or that you've done before. But if you just set a tiny little goal like that, go for that. And I think that's perfect. I love that. Uh, So let's transition a little bit. Uh, Now that you've, you've essentially kind of come out of this very you know, dark place. You've turned your pain into purpose. Like you said, you've started to make an impact on people with your, um, with your brand and your, in your mission. Um, you just came out with a book, correct? I did. That is so cool. That is amazing. Can you give us a little spiel and then where can we find this? Sure. So my book, no shocker here is called PWYFA play where your feet are. And so it's everything we've just mentioned about what Play Where Your Feet Are is in the gist of being to do your best and be your best no matter what, no matter where. And the subtitle of the book is How to Live a Life Full of Living. So you want to live a life that is full of living. That's how you, that's what you need to do to play where your feet are and vice versa. Playing where your feet are is exactly how to live a life full of living. So the gist of the book is just that. However, the book is told through stories on stories on stories because I'm a storyteller as a natural journalist. I love telling stories. And so that's what you're going to find in this book. And there's stories from the time I was three years old playing intramural basketball to the time I was today former collegiate athlete, former collegiate coach, working in sports. 
and everything in between. So it is my life through athletics, what I have learned, the ins, the outs, all of the lessons, Cameron Dobbs, good, bad, and ugly, and everything is tied into play where your feet are. So whether we talk about confidence or sacrifice or vulnerability or mental health or testimonies or whatever it might be, it all ties into play where your feet are at the end of the day and how play where your feet are helps you to do each of those things and how each of those things helps you to play where your feet are. And at the end of the day too, it's all rooted in faith because that's something that is so important to me. So there's a lot of scripture in there. There's a lot of biblical stories in there too, but it is going to teach you how to live a life full of living, how to take advantage. Don't just take up space. And I promise you that when you read this book, it will change your life because everything in it has done mine. And I know that it will to you. So a hundred percent guarantee if you get the book, it will change your life. You're going to feel like you can run through a brick wall. And then once you read it, like I said earlier, it's on you to actually execute. So big part about play where your feet are is that play is an action. You can read it, you can wear the merch, you can do whatever you want, but we want you to live it out. And that's the importance of it at the end of the day that you don't just read it, you don't just listen, you don't just consume it, but you actually put it out and put it into practice. That's what we want you to do with play where your feet are. So you can get the book today. You can find it on all platforms. We have it on our website, which is just play where your feet are. And then we also have it found on Amazon. So if you search play where your feet are on Amazon, it'll come up. You can also find us on Instagram at play where your feet are. And all the links are in our bio to shop our merch, to find the book, to find the podcast, whatever you need. It's all in there too. So Amazon is the easy one for all of our book readers. It's just simple search and you got it on Amazon also on our website and all information on Instagram too. Amazing. I did. It made me think of one more question. You said, I'm going back all the way to the beginning. We'll circle. We'll make this a full circle moment. (laughs) So at the beginning of the podcast, before your final concussion, you said you had your life planned out. Mm. What does your life look like now that you're on the other side of this concussion and you're, you're kind of getting momentum in, in your brand and in, you know, your life post sports. Sure. Well, I am not playing in Eastern Europe right now, like I thought I would be. So that's a little different. I am sitting in Miami, Florida at the current moment. (laughs) But life, you know, life looks a little different than I thought it was going to be. But I love my life probably so much more than I ever would have. And I mentioned a little bit how as a journalist, my stories have changed a little. I'm, I'm shifting my storytelling less about stats and statistics and more about who the people are, who the athletes are as a human being, not just the athlete on the field. And so I think the way I operate in my work looks a little differently in terms of my goals with broadcasting. They're still the same, except probably more, believe it or not. I think before I just, I just wanted to be an ESPN college football sideline reporter. Now people ask me what I want to be. And I tell them merge Tim Tebow with Oprah. And that's what I want to be. You know, I want to be, I want to be so much more than just the sports reporter. I want to be the, the author. I want to be the speaker. I want to be the person who's able to give back. I want to connect with all my audiences. I don't just want to have this one role. I want to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so far it's going great. (laughs) Like I have my podcast. I have my book. I have my speaking engagements. I have my full-time job working in athletics and life is awesome. It's crazy, but I don't think that it would be near this amazing if I didn't go through everything that I went through. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I always wanted to write a book. I probably would have one day. I probably would have spoken to some athletes. I probably would have posted some encouraging things on social media, 
but it wouldn't be near as genuine, authentic, and have so much purpose and personality and just um power like behind it. Yeah. yeah. And and heart behind it. Like I it means so much more to me because I again I needed to hear all this mm-hmm. just two years ago, just three years ago. And so I think I I'm just so full of passion and fire because mm-hmm. of everything that I've gone through that I think my life is just so much better because of it. And I think that I can make other people's lives so much better because of that too. Oh, Oh my gosh. I could keep asking you questions. (laughs) I swear. (laughs) We'll have a a part two. (laughs) You should make, this is your next business adventure. Make an app, a motivational app, record yourself in 30 second blurbs and boom, that's your next one. (laughs) I got you. We'll get it on it together. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. Put me on there. I'll be down. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and to tell your story and be vulnerable and bring all of the fire and the passion (laughs) and, um, and the strength and, and being confident about your faith too. I think, uh, I always love talking to people about that. And I think you're so, you come off as so sure of yourself and I love that. So keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. I'm, I'm inspired. Oh, thank you so much. So it was so awesome. I love that we got connected and just the world is crazy small like that and love social media for it too. So I'm so excited to just be in your corner, continue to cheer you on too. And you're doing a great job with the podcast and all that you do. So Thank you for giving me a platform to share my story because, you know, you're going to help this get to some person, some athlete that really needs to hear it. And that's because you provided a platform and an avenue for them to do just that. So you're impacting so many people. You are taking advantage of the position you're in and doing things like this to get people to where they need to be. So thank you for doing what you're doing and you keep doing the same too. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review and subscribe to the show. You can also follow on Instagram and TikTok at The Athlete Angle. And quick PSA for you guys, just keeping you in the loop. This is the last episode of season one of The Athlete Angle. But don't worry, we're not going anywhere. We will be back August 1st, diving into more of what you love and hopefully making this season of transition a little less confusing and a little more fun. Talk soon.